Hi, I'm Sarah Shea. And I'm Strangely Duesberg. Welcome to the Pilot House. A podcast where we watch all the shows we missed the first time around. And try to figure out where the heck they were going with this. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a slightly different than usual episode of Pilot House. We're going to change things up just a skosh for this episode. Hopefully, it will still result in some uh, entertaining... Uh, podcasting. Instead of covering just one uh, pilot this week, we're going to be covering two that we, on the whole, didn't like as much, but still have a few things to talk about. And I know you're probably thinking, well, hold on, you guys don't like pod- <laughs> pilots all the time. That happens. What's so different about this situation? Because we certainly have have talked about shows that we did not like. A lot of times we'll watch a show for this podcast and go, oh, well, I hated that, but I cannot wait to rip into it for an hour. It'll be fun to chat about. Both of these shows, I think we both had a kind of reaction of, oh, God, do I have to talk about this for an hour now? I don't want to. Yeah, it was sort of this kind of thing where, like, it was interesting, but the just especially with the... Uh, the one of the shows we're doing, the killing, the thought of doing a recap and sort of like a like a in depth recap of that, just exhausts me. Like yeah. I watched it once, the thought of watching it a second time to sort of build up the notes and get ready to do it as a regular episode was just exhausting. <laughs> so I haven't felt as reluctant to talk about a show since our our first weekend where we recorded a handful of episodes, uh, and we had some growing pains right off the bat because by the nature of this show because of the premise we are watching shows that we have never seen and sometimes we don't actually know anything about or we're wrong about what we think we know about them so sometimes the shows we watch for this podcast end up really taking us by surprise and that can be really fun and it can also result in oh no now we've watched this show and we don't actually want to talk about it for the podcast Case in point, the very first show we watched for this podcast, we didn't end up releasing the episode. We may still yet someday as like a fun artifact, but we learned right off the bat what one of the main problems was going to be with this format. Because the show we picked for our very first episode was The Wire. (laughs) (laughs) Because we both knew that it was a very popular show, that it was well-regarded, loved by pretty much everyone who'd seen it, thought of as very influential and all that. So we thought, what a great way to start our podcast. And then it's like, that show is just, it's so dense and so, there's so much going on and it's not, there's not a lot of fun stuff happening in that first episode. Um, And we also didn't really know exactly how we were going to format the podcast either. So that was not like a fun, breezy show to start our podcast with. So... A little misstep right off the bat. <laughs> but at the same time, I think the the wire ended up not being a good show for our podcast for much the same much of the same reason that the killing ended up not being a good show for our podcast. Mm-hmm. Which I'll get into once we sort of start talking about that. The reason that we decided to combine these two and we thought it'd be a good idea to put them together as one episode was that despite the fact that these are about as different as two shows can be. Our reaction to them and the way we felt about the prospect of podcasting them was about the same. Yeah. So we're going to do a a little uh, kind of a sped up version of our normal format where we'll do the what we know 
and a little synopsis and chat about each show. Uh, and then we'll have a little uh, roundup at the end to kind of talk about our comparisons between the two. So let's give it a try. Which show should we do first? We didn't decide. Uh, let's do The Killing first. Oh, okay. <laughs> let's get right into it. All right, let's uh, go into the what we know. And that clip will drop in right. All right, The Killing. What do we know? What do we not know? I, I, I will tell you everything I know. It's three things. It's set in Seattle. It's something to do with investigating crimes, ostensibly killings, and Gillian Anderson is in it. I did not know it was set in Seattle, actually. That'll be interesting because shows set in Seattle are invariably shot in Vancouver and have a real hit or miss uh, track yeah. record with In terms of being depicting believable. Seattle, yeah. believably. But all that I knew about it uh, was that some friends had told me that it had a really, really good pilot. And in at least one friend's opinion, it, the, the first season wasn't so great. Or at least it, it didn't live up to the promise, but they said it had a really good pilot. So I'm down to watch at least the pilot. That's what we're doing. Yeah. So, uh, you know, get some uh, some sort of Scully action. Yeah. I didn't actually know that Jillian Anderson was in it. I'm more on board now because I love her. I, she is everything she is in. Yeah. Like, I, I would watch a bubblegum commercial with her in it. I confess I don't watch everything she's in because I'm actually not an X-Files fan, but I am the rare Gillian Anderson's fan who will, you know, buy anything she's selling based on the strength of playing by heart, which is a great movie. When I was about 14 or 15, this uh, documentary came out and I would get the video cassette from the library all the time. It was about spy satellites and it was narrated by her. But there were portions of it where she would like walk out on the tarmac at like a U.S. Air Force base and be like, from here, they launched the... B-52 spy, high in the eye in the spy, high eye in the sky spy program. And now they can take pictures of objects the size of grapefruits, which she said the <laughs> word grape. She, but the, the weird thing about this documentary okay. is that she's British yeah. and she was narrating it with her American accent. With her Scully accent. Her Scully accent. That's funny. I always forget that she's actually British because also the thing that I am most familiar with her from playing by heart, she's being American in that. So I always forget she's actually British. I... It's like a secret, secret spy weapon she has yeah. of being British. So let's find out. Uh... Yeah, let's find out what the killing is all about. Oh, and it's based on a Danish TV show. Oh. That's the other fact that I knew. I don't know anything about the Danish show. Just When someone told me it was a remake, I was like, oh, well, let's watch the original British version then. And they're like, right. no, 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 the original one is Danish. I'm like, oh, okay, let's watch the American version yeah, then. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not ready to be deeply depressed. Yeah, I'm not ready for, uh, for subtitles and it's... Uh... I, I guess maybe this is wrong, but I always assume that an American remake of a British show is going to be less good, but an American remake of any other country's show has at least a possibility of being This better. is true. There's a reason to remake it, because people, there's there's a greater cultural difference, and the people will not watch a show on TV with subtitles, generally speaking. With a British show, I feel like there's no reason to remake it. But All right. Well, here we go. See how it goes. First off, uh, what we were wrong about. No Gillian Anderson. Very disappointing. Although uh, something that y you uh, you mentioned in the What We Know w was the hope that it would uh, be a Seattle show that looked like it was filmed in Seattle. And there was a lot of like legit Seattle location shooting in this pilot. Yeah. But before we get on to the Seattle part, I, do you want to address why you thought Gillian Anderson was in the show? Ah. You didn't just... 
pull that out of the air. No, right? uh, there's, there's a, a show called The Fall, which is also about, I believe, a homicide detective in Seattle who is about to retire or something and uh, solve crimes that Netflix picked up to finish its run of seasons or something. Sort of a similar production history called The Fall, and I got the two shows confused, which is my bad. The Fall is a British-Irish crime drama set and filmed in Northern Ireland. Ah. So, you know, uh, weather-wise, similar to Seattle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, I just Googled that real quick. But yeah, a crime show set in a rainy place yep. on Netflix. Yep. So not too unreasonable. But yeah. Actually, the, the things that we were right about were that it's set in Seattle. It is about homicide detectives. I was right about it being based on a Danish show. And yeah, they actually did a fairly good job of of, uh, of making it look like Seattle, more or less. Yeah. Better better than Dead Like Me. Better than Dead Like Me. <laughs> Which is a low bar. But uh, one of the interesting things that I said in the What We Know is that Somebody told me the pilot was really good and the show didn't live up to the promise of the pilot. Uh -huh. And now I'm really wondering if uh, somebody told me that about a different show. Yeah. I hope that they did because I can't imagine somebody thinking that this was an amazing pilot. Yeah, there's, a, there's, a, there's another yeah. show about uh, Gillian Anderson solving crimes in Patagonia where it rains a lot. And that one had an all killer pilot. <laughs> it was so good. Oh, the best pilot ever. Uh, wait, do we do hot takes or synopsis first? We, syno uh, synopsis first. Or, synopsis no. first. Let's, okay. let's do our one sentence hot, yeah, hot takes take. and then synopsis. Yeah. Uh, my one sentence hot take is, in addition to the fact this show is aggressively, all caps, not for Sarah, <laughs> which is how I describe things that I just want to say, you know what? It's, it's not for me. I don't, it's not, I'm not saying it's good or bad. It's just not, it's not something that I'm going to want. Not only the show is aggressively that, I don't even think it was a good pilot. Overall, the filmmaking, for lack of a better word, was okay. It's not the the acting wasn't garbage. The writing wasn't garbage. The uh, more or less, it was fine. But as a pilot, I thought it stunk. I thought it did not do the job of a pilot at all. Yeah, it's kind of a surprise. I expected it to at least. Oh, this is not going to be for me. I mean, within seconds, I said out loud, "Oh, I'm going to hate this." <laughs> but I still expected it to be a well written, a well crafted show, and then, nope. I don't think it was. I would concur with all of that. I would say that in terms of my one sentence hot take is that it's just a show that aggressively feels like something I should watch. Like one of those like important dramas that always shows up at award seasons where it's like, oh, yes, you should definitely see it because it's so good. But like nothing about watching it made me feel good or like was particularly that revealing about humanity or anything like that because i got essentially what in any other movie would be the first five minutes of a story yeah exactly my father actually watched this pilot with me and the, as the credits rolled he turned to me and said so are we supposed to want to keep watching or <laughs> oh sick dad burn <laughs> anyway your parents get some real unintentional sick burns in on media i gotta say We'll do a whole episode about it someday. We should. We should. <laughs> whole bonus episode someday. But anyway, moving on. Uh, synopsis. Go for it. Sarah Linden is about to end her job as a homicide detective in Seattle. She talks to her fiancé as they are planning to move to the Bay Area with her teenage son. She has a flight at 9 p.m. He's flying a bit earlier. 
Sarah is called to investigate a body, but surprise, it's her coworkers giving her a send-off party, and the body turns out to be a blow-up doll. Yet another inappropriate workplace prank witnessed by Pilot House. <coughs> Sarah returns to her office to pack up, and the new guy who is taking her job, Stephen Holder, played by Joel Kinnaman, is already moving in. But then a case comes in. Somebody found a bloody sweater in a park. Sarah and Holder find more clues in the park, and this leads them to the Larson family. They establish that the Larson's daughter is missing. Meanwhile, we've been seeing a bunch of stuff about a man named Darren who is on the city council, and he's now campaigning for mayor. The missing girl becomes a sort of campaign issue. Sarah keeps searching the park. Her persistence pays off when the body of Larson's daughter is found in the trunk of a car that is registered to Darren's campaign. Sarah realizes she's not going to go to the Bay Area for a while. I gotta say, that last line was some supposition on your part, which is my main issue with the whole show. But I guess, yeah, my main problem with this whole episode is that it doesn't, like, nothing is resolved. Mm -hmm. And not in the way that normally, not in a way that makes you go, oh, I want to know what comes next. It just left me going, I'm sorry, what the fuck is happening? What What's going on? We end the episode not even sure that she's going to stay in Seattle. Like, presumably, that's the premise of the show, is that she has to stay in Seattle, or she decides to stay in Seattle. The show ends, we don't even know that she's missed her damn flight. Right. It's, uh, like, I was going, I mean, it's dark, but they mention it's November. Could be six o'clock in the evening. Like, Right. She, they keep mentioning that she has a flight at 9.30 she can't miss. Like, there's absolutely no reason for us to think a, that she's even missed her flight. B, that she would want to stick around to finish this case. I Yeah, there's nothing. There's there's no reason for us to think. The episode ends and we're like, it, uh, okay, I guess she's going to stick around. I started this show thinking, as soon as they established, oh, she's moving, she's starting this new life with her fiancé, and I actually said, like, oh, man, if her fiancé dies or her child dies, I will riot. Because I thought that was what we were going to, it was going to be a complete shakeup of her whole plan was going to be yeah. ruined. And that's why she ends up staying in Seattle. But instead, presumably this case is the reason she's going to stay. But we, we're given no reason to think that this case would be of importance to her. Why would she stay? Yeah. It's such the, an abs- a bizarre way to end a pilot. There's some like subtext stuff in the episode that seems to indicate that she's like, she doesn't let stuff go. Like the reason that they end up finding the body is that she just doesn't stop searching the park or whatever. Or like, she's this, like, you know, she's this cop who like solves every case or something, but it's all subtext and there's, there's no text. So you don't really learn anything about a character. Yeah. It's not like at any point somebody says, Oh, you, I got, you got that look in your eye. I know this, you know, you're that kind of person who just won't let go. Yeah. We just get a lot of shots of her standing and staring and looking <laughs> slightly confused. Right. And we we're, and, and people go, what's wrong? We figured it out. And she just stands there staring for just an unnecessarily long amount of time. And then finally goes, what's that over there? <laughs> like, Or, hey, where are those kids going? Or, is there a lake near here? Like, all of a sudden she'll ask a question. But it's just this unnecessarily long shot of her kind of standing there looking like, She's suppressing a fart. I <laughs> I don't know what... Yeah, it's it's just... God, I was confused every step of the way. And not by the writing, which is usual. Like, not in a... 
not in a lost girl way where I was constantly like, okay, I guess they meant for them to get here, but what a weird way for them to get there. Right. With this, I was like, you're just not saying anything. You're not saying the wrong thing to get from plot point A to plot point B. You're saying nothing and then just arriving at that plot point. And I'm like, or not even arriving at that plot point, but leaving us wondering, what, are we at plot point B? Is she staying in Seattle? Yeah, it's just so, so strange to me. I... I could not figure out, uh, we we get all of this stuff about, they're cutting back and forth between the family uh, figuring out, dealing with their own shit, yep. of their own personal issues and the daughter being missing, uh, the, the cops, which we've got Sarah, who is like a non-character. She has almost no personality. Yeah. The best scene is the early scene where she's kind of smooching on her fiance, and they're being really cute together. The rest of the show, she has basically no personality. Uh, her new partner, I guess, who is this guy who just switched from Vice to Homicide. Uh, I, I can't, I've already forgotten his name. I forgot everyone's name. Yeah, the um, Joel Kinnaman character, which I only com- yeah, commented awful. his name because every, like, he's probably a nice person. I don't know. But like everything I see him in, he's just kind of this like charisma vacuum. Like He was in Suicide Squad, and he was just kind of there. Like It's... it's which honestly is so many of the characters in this pilot. They're just kind of there. Yeah. The, this, this guy is, is awful. I, yeah, not the actor. The actor is, I suppose, doing the job that he was told to do. Yeah. The character is awful and not in like a fun, not in a fun way. Not even in an interesting foil to Sarah way. Like, she's sort of this non-character and he's just this kind of cliche, like, possibly the, the only interesting thing he says is he's complaining about how much he hated working in Vice. And she's like, do you think Homicide's going to be different? And he says, well, at least you have a bad guy. And she goes, yeah, who's that? <laughs> kind of pointing out that, like, Homicide is not always as cut and dry as the the, the, the killer is the bad guy and the victim was, was the victim. Like, it's not always that cut and dry in Homicide either. That's the only, like interesting conversation that they have i think and it's still played very sort of weird the way she says yeah who's that yeah (laughs) staring off into space as it rains all around them because you guys i don't know if you knew this it's said in seattle it's raining a lot this pilot to me like is probably the most incoherent pilot episode i've seen besides maybe sense eight but Sense8 was the first episode of, like, ten episodes that were dropped on Netflix all at once. So you could immediately watch episode two, three, whatever, mm. and find your footing. You know, so the pilot was almost like a four-hour pilot, you know, kind of broken up into chunks. Right. But this was this was on a network. This was on AMC. Yeah. So it was like, uh, maybe come back next week, guy. But, like, I don't want to come back next week. Yeah. There's this thing with current TV shows where a lot of times – the pilot, rather than being a true pilot, is actually just the first hour of what is effectively a, you know, 10 to 13 hour long movie, right? Mm-hmm. People talk about that as fil- TV shows a lot of times now are like a really long movie. So the first episode doesn't actually necessarily set up or resolve anything because it's just the beginning. This is, they even titled the damn thing pilot. Yeah. Not all pilots are titled pilot. Some of them get a name and some of them are just called pilot. This I would have expected it to be given a name if they were thinking of it as this isn't really a pilot. We're doing more of a film cinematic thing. But yeah, they called it pilot. They should have called it day one or something like that. It's that's on the screen, isn't it? Title card that says day one on the screen. Yeah. This also reminds me a bit of the uh, is it Sky One or BBC the the British program Broadchurch 
in that sort of it's like a yes. a series long um murder mystery. Yes. But even the Broadchurch, the first episode of Broadchurch, you, you have the the local cop. I can't remember the actress's name right now. Oh, she's so good. Yeah. And then the David Tennant character. Oh, they're so good. The David Tennant character comes in from out of town to like whatever. And th- so they have an interesting dynamic yeah. and there's a foil of this is my turf and but I'm a more experienced or whatever. Like there are things to hold on to. Like you wanted to see if these characters found respect for each other or work together or something. Whereas this, I'm like, I don't really care about uh, uh, Sarah and and other guy, like, <laughs> and Charisma Vacuum. This absolutely reminded me of Broadchurch. And when I first started watching it, I was like, oh, no, this is going to be like Broadchurch, which was just devastating to watch. But here's the difference. I watched all of Broadchurch and not just on the strength of David Tennant. Mm-hmm. I do love David Tennant. But if he had been in the first episode of The Killing... I don't know. Maybe I would have been persuaded to try a second episode. Maybe, but I don't think so. Like, that show, at the end of the first episode, I went, oh, I see. Rather than what I'm used to with homicide detective shows, instead of every episode being a different crime, this is one crime, and the whole season is going to be about how that crime is very, very slowly solved, and more than just how it's solved. Because, honestly, in Broadchurch... If you haven't seen that show, do not watch it for the resolution. Do not watch it for who done it. It's dumb. The who done it part is stupid and it almost ruins the show when they finally reveal who the who the killer was. But the reason to watch Broadchurch was it was more about how the death of this young boy affects this very small, tightly knit town and how they react to having this horrifying thing happen and how all the little secrets in the town start coming to light while they're investigating this murder. So that was very interesting. I loved that. This, I, we have no reason to care. It's Seattle, so it's not like oh, this is going to, a murderer of a, of a teenage girl is going to rock Seattle to its core, unfortunately. It's a big enough city that that's not going to, you know, destroy the fabric of this town's reality like on Broadchurch. Yeah. The two characters... I have no chemistry. I'm, I'm. Sarah seems pretty uninterested in ever talking to this guy again. Yeah. Just basically, by the end of the show, we have no reason to think that as soon as the credits rolled, she didn't turn to him and go, "Well, this sucks. Um, I gotta go catch a plane. I'll write my report uh, once I get to California and um, have a nice life. Bye." Like, there's no reason that she wouldn't do that. Yeah. That's no in-universe yeah. reason that we've been given. My parents did pick up the show and they've they've watched like they're into season two now in the wow. like the last week or so and honestly that is not a recommendation because they they watch a lot they watch a lot of media and they love to talk about it and they're they're you know i it's like doing this podcast to hang out with them but the joel kinnaman character my mom who has now watched i think like 14 hours of this show doesn't know the character's name and calls him the guy with the Carhartt jacket. Because <laughs> he wears a Carhartt jacket all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. She doesn't even know what a good burn that is, does she? No. But it's like... She doesn't even mean it as a burn. It's such a good burn. But, but like... So that that is this character. Like, I, that doesn't make me want to watch more of the show. Like, if you found out that, like, he yeah. was an asshole because, you know, he's, like... I don't know, a closeted gay man working on the police force or something. Like, make him interesting. Ugh, that would be tedious, but, like, 
more interesting than nothing, I guess. But, but that's what I'm saying is like, I'm thinking of like the worst possible interesting you could give him. And oh, okay. Thank it's you. still more interesting than he always wears a Carhartt jacket. Like if that's the most interesting thing about your character. Oh. Like nothing about that guy said to me that he is from Seattle either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was waiting for him to be like, I just transferred here from LA or something. Yeah. Instead, he's like, oh, you're moving to LA. And she's like, well, actually the Bay Area. And he's like, oh, sunshine, beaches. I'm like, you've never been to the Bay Area. But he's like, I hate that shit. And she goes, well, then you must love this place. It's heartbreaking to, to, to not like this because this was directed by Patty Jenkins, who's gone on to do Wonder Woman. Yeah, I wanted to like it. I One of the notes I wrote was when I saw her name on screen, I said, Patty Jenkins, give me a reason to live. Yeah. Because I was already like, oh, this is not going to be my kind of show, but at least let it be well made. I mean, it's it's competently directed. Like, it's beautifully lensed. It is it is it is very pretty to look at. Yeah. Especially if you like rain. I love rain. Not the television program rain, <laughs> the weather rain. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. I just want to say one other thing uh-huh. is that even though they more or less did okay with the making it in Seattle, although I had forgotten about it being set in Seattle, and for the first, I don't know, 10 minutes or so of the show, I'm like, where is this set? I can't remember where this is. I know that it was originally from Danish. Where is where is this show set now? And then when they finally mentioned Seattle, I burst out laughing. I'm like, okay, sure, this is Seattle. The dumbest thing they did to try and inject a little Seattleness into it that failed was they when the dad goes to like find out if the daughter is with some rich kid that she used to date in his fancy house on the island. They keep saying the island yeah. as if anyone in Seattle wouldn't react to that with which fucking island. There are a million islands around here. So many. Yeah. Uh, he says the island. Yeah. They all go, oh, the island. Like there's just one. And... Then when they go there, the view out of the window looks like the San Juans. How did he drive to the... Did, 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 did he go to Orcas? Did he ride the ferry? Like, <laughs> that would take hours. And he's like there and back in an hour. Yeah. It's like, what is what island is this freaking supposed to be? I really would like to know if they had an island in mind. Yeah. And for some reason they didn't mention it. Or they just went, oh, there's a bunch of islands around there. We'll just say... I mean, it's a really fancy rich house, so they could have meant, like, Bainbridge, yeah. but that the view out of the window looked like, like an orcas or something. Anyway, that was the worst, like, oh, you tried and you failed. Well, clearly the Directors Guild of America doesn't agree with us because Patty Jenkins won an award for outstanding directing of dramatic television for this. So Honestly, I don't know enough about the t- television-making craft yeah. to say how much of this is the fault of the direction and how much is the fault of the writing. Right. Because visually it was very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very pretty. So I, I don't want to, I'm not going to say too much of it was Patty Jenkins' fault. Yeah. I don't think she saved it, but she made it look nice, I guess. Yeah. All right. Uh, final verdict, Sarah. Uh, I think it's pretty, pretty clear. I don't want to watch any more of this. I don't even think it, it was a particularly well-made pilot. So even if it had been the kind of thing that I like, which it isn't, uh, yeah, th- th- there's nothing for me here. Yeah. Broadchurch is not my kind of thing, but I watched it because, A, David Tennant, but B, it was really well made and really interesting until the ending. But yeah. this show, yeah, gave me nothing. This is also a no from me. I mean, I, I do like flipping the script on the procedural and saying... No, solving a crime takes a long time and a lot of hard work and whatever. Like, I like that. 
but nothing in the characters in this first episode makes me want to watch them solve a crime. Yeah. So shall we move on? Yeah. Let's move into the what we know that we pre-recorded about Sledgehammer. What we know about Sledgehammer. Not very much. I've definitely heard of it before it was suggested to us for the show by someone. I can't remember who. Bellowing. Oh, our friend. Our, yeah, our, our dear friend Bellowing. So it was from the 70s. I think. Or I've, it has like a 70s vibe. And it no, was from no, the, it's, it's definitely. From, it's if, a period show. It's, it, no, it's not a period show. It was I mean, it's set from in the, uh, the period that it's. it's that's the opposite of what period show Yeah, I know. It's like, sorry. It, it was set at the time that it was shot, which was, I believe, the early, mid-70s. I could be slightly wrong. It's but a no modern than, show from another period. No more than five to ten years in either right, direction. Right. Um, it's a, I believe it was a bit of a goofball kind of comedy style, like maybe even a parody? Tongue, the tongue was in the cheek. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Is it about a superhero or an actiony action move action hero type of I, character? I know nothing. I think the main character is some sort of actiony type of heroic guy, maybe. I'm Michael T. Sledge, and this is my hammer. <laughs> um, yeah, I I feel like I possibly saw ads for reruns of this as a child, uh-huh. and that's about as much as I know. Like maybe somebody wears a leather jacket. I have a picture in my head uh-huh. that I think is from the cover of like the VHS of, of like th- that was you know when back when they used to release a right. tape of like four random popular episodes of a show. Right. I have an image, and I'm trying to figure out how do I describe this image? A guy, possibly wearing like red, white, and blue, uh-huh. with some blonde, real like helmet hair. Not the kind that his hair is messed up because he was wearing no, a helmet, yeah. where his hair literally looks like a helmet. Uh-huh. This is the vision I have in my head. I might be wrong about that. Um, and then two ladies who are characters on the show, maybe, who have maybe some Farrah Fawcett hair type of action going on. It's all pretty vague. I'm so stoked to check this out. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, also, the title has an exclamation point. Very important. Sledgehammer. Oh, so Sledgehammer. <laughs> Sledgehammer. Oh, that's what it is. It's, about, it's a show about this guy, Mr. Sledgehammer. <laughs> People are always mispronouncing his name. He's a judge, and he has a gavel. Judge Sledge and his hammer. All right, that's a whole nother show that needs to happen. All right, let's uh, let's go watch this. Let's thing. go watch it. Wow, yeah. we uh, we didn't really know a lot, although. No, Sarah. hold on. I'm I'm finding my notes. Uh, we were right about exactly one thing, and in uh-huh. the we weren't even sure about that, which is that it is a parody of action movies. Yes, and we were kind of. I think I don't know. We were wrong about pretty much everything else. Sarah, or, Sarah you were astoundingly <laughs> right about when we were spitballing, like, maybe it's about a, a judge who has a hammer. And they're like, yes! I'm ju- Mr. Sledger. This is my hammer. Because he, like, yes! literally is running around talking to <laughs> an inanimate object for the whole show. Yo, no, that's the best part, is that the part we were most right about is the part we were spitballing as jokes. Yeah, it, it is actually about a cop named Sledge Hammer. First name Sledge, last name Hammer. Who talks to his gun. And his gun has a sledgehammer engraved on the handle. What? Yeah. Uh, oh, my Lord. Yeah. It, it, we were... we. I was wrong about... I don't know where I got the image of the blonde guy dressed in red, white, and blue with ladies with Farrah Fawcett hair. I apparently was thinking of an entirely different show. Um, but, yeah. That's... Uh, 
all we got right is uh oh and it was from the 80s not the 70s ah. from 86 but yeah um hot take hot take uh like this this is funny but i couldn't really get on the level with it like it just didn't work for me as a as a funny thing and mm. nothing else about it was interesting enough to make to really hook me I actually did not think it was funny. There were a few moments, and obviously it was trying to be funny, but like with The Killing, where it was like, not only is this not for me, I don't even think it was well-crafted. With this, not only is it hard to watch in 2018, because the premise is... It's arguable whether the premise was something worth joking about in 86, and it sure as hell isn't worth joking about in 2018. But also... Again, I don't think it was even well-crafted for a ridiculous parody TV show of action movies about police violence in the 80s. Even for that, it was not well-crafted for what it was. It was very inconsistent, so yeah. I, I just want to clarify, like, I didn't think it was funny. I meant, like, it's a comedy thing, and the comedy wasn't working for me. It reminded me a lot of, I don't know if you ever heard of the, the television show Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. yes. That is a weird-ass show, for sure. Which is another thing where I, I, I... It's like, it was made as this, like, parody pastiche comedy thing, and, like, I'm clearly missing, like, the deep appreciation of the thing it's parody pastiching whatever. Yes. Like, while, the whole time I was watching Sledgehammer, I kept thinking of Moonlighting, because it was also, like, a, like a similar era, kind of, like, tongue-in-cheek, mm -hmm. like, investigator, cop, goof you know, screwball comedy, whatever. But with Moonlighting, I, you know, I've watched a few more episodes of Moonlighting since, and, like, I kind of, the characters are somewhat likable, and they grow on you. This was, like, everybody in it was either a horrible, over-the-top cliche or just not that interesting. I agree that I thought Moonlighting was horrible when we watched it. This makes me... Like, you know, it's when you th see something and think, well, that was terrible. Then you see something worse and go, I feel like I need to now apologize to the thing I said was terrible. Because mm -hmm. clearly it could have been so much worse. I didn't even realize, which it could have been, it could have been Sledgehammer. So uh, let's get into the synopsis. All right. I didn't get into quite as much detail as you did with the killing, but. Well, I, I wanted to have some detail with the killing to, to communicate to our audience that we gave it a fair shake. Because yeah. it is one of those like detail writing shows. Yeah. And to be fair, that was a detailed writing show they're clearly setting up they're trying to build this whole huge universe yeah. and it was an hour-long show yeah. this is a half an hour goofball nonsense show so anyway uh so sledgehammer two words exclamation point uh is an allegedly satirical sitcom i'm putting heavy finger quotes on satirical because i saw several places on the internet that called it that and i'm like calling this satire is like calling fucking family guy satire but moving on it ran from 86 to 88 it's about a stereotypical loose cannon cop who is obsessed with violence and guns and overreacts to every situation. Uh, when the mayor's daughter is kidnapped and ransomed for one million dollars, he demands that Detective Hammer, who has been suspended for excessive violence, is put on the case because he gets results. Hammer is then partnered with a female detective who is either his opposite or his equal. The pilot genuinely can't seem to decide. A terrorism expert named Dory Duro. Very comic book. Hammer is reluctant to work with a woman, to say the least, but warms up to her when she randomly karate chops a witness while they're investigating. 
Uh, Darrow then proceeds to more or less solve the whole case without uh, Hammer's help, which is that the mayor's daughter planned the whole thing with her, like, communist boyfriend or something. Uh, but still needs Hammer to save her in the end. And it, yeah, that show ends with them being partners <laughs> moving forward, basically, for no reason. Yeah, the so the main issue that I, I had immediately with this show was that I was like, well, at least after the killing, this is going to be lighthearted nonsense. I mean, first of all, the idea of a cop who uses excessive violence being a joke in 2018, it wasn't a very good joke in the 80s, to be honest. But in 2018, it's like, I can barely stomach watching this. The, the very first scene we get that tells us this is what this character is like is he's on TV. The mayor sees him on TV being interviewed by a, a news reporter about him foiling a robbery mm -hmm. in a convenience store in which he shoots both of the robbers and kills them. This whole thing, like, takes place in sort of like a, a Blues Brothers alternate universe where, like, it it's sort of like this, like, live-action cartoon thing where, like, he's, like, shooting his gun all the time, and it, you know, it's it's never really implied that he's, you know, he's not hitting anyone. Like, he shoots a vending machine and all the Coke cans come out or whatever. But... The, the difference... But in that first scene. Yeah, but that's the thing, is that, that first scene, he literally just killed two people. And, like, th that... And then went shopping for groceries. That's the punchline of the joke. But that, that's the thing, is, like, if you're going to have this be, like, this kind of, like, whimsical, I don't know, alternative reality where, like, you know, it, it, like, people... Things are exploding or whatever and no one's getting hurt. Yeah. But the thing is, is he's, like, legit straight up killing people. Like, the thing that made a lot of the the explosions and crashes and everything so like delightful in the blues brothers is you know it, like every crash it shows everybody walking away yeah being like oh it's a third car this week yeah and it's like delightful and sweet whereas like within the first four minutes like sledgehammer like straight up murders a couple of people and then the very next scene when he's called in to take this case of the mayor's daughter being kidnapped he stops on the way to work because there's like a sniper on the roof of a building and he he pulls over gets a rocket launcher like thing out of his trunk and blows up the entire building that the guy is on and i mean at least in that they did a bit of the looney tunes nod to nobody got hurt here which is you hear him say to the other cop who's explaining what's going on. He said, you cleared the building? And he goes, yeah. And then he pulls out the rocket launcher, shoots him. Yeah. And then as he walks away from the uh, the stock footage of the building ex crumbling, he says, I think I got him. So it's like they put in a little, you know, <laughs> joke about, you know, the possibility of, of, uh, of not actually being hurt. But like, that's the heightened, that's the Looney Tunes scene. Yeah. And then there were plenty of other scenes that were played like, pretty straightforward you'd have these weird looney tunes moments i'm glad that you mentioned that because that's a perfect example yeah the him blowing up a building with a rocket launcher him shooting a coke machine because someone's like ah soda machine took my money he shoots it and a bunch of coke like shoots at cans of soda shoot out of the machine so it's like you have these heightened reality moments and then there were plenty of other scenes that were played like barely exaggerated and that's that was my main problem this show didn't know what it wanted to be i mean i do know that this is like a cult show that's beloved by a lot of people so i'm this is maybe kind of one of those ones where i i wonder if after the pilot as it sort of got into its run they dialed it in and and sort of found that happy medium or you know like maybe he doesn't 
ever end up killing anybody later in the series or whatever. Like, I could see the show kind of developing into something like that, but from this pilot alone, I'm not quite understanding why it's so beloved. Oh, yeah, me either. Absolutely. And he's this, he's supposed to be this big, like, larger than life character, this exaggerated thing. And I don't know what they were thinking with the casting of the guy that they chose because. Yeah. It's like he's trying to go for a Leslie Nielsen in Naked Gun kind of thing, but he can't pull off that sa- he can't pull off that same sort of deadpan no thing that 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 Leslie Nielsen had that made him so good at those ridiculous parody films. He this guy, you can't quite tell if he's being serious or not. Yeah, and he, I mean he looks like sort of a combination between like Gary Busey and Peter Weller. Like he just has these like He's sort of got this kind of off-putting, weird face yeah. that maybe is part of the parody of it. But, like, yeah, it's just, yeah. I I don't really have a whole lot more to say about this, like, other than, no, I don't really have anything else to say. Uh, my final verdict is that uh, based on the recommendations of the show from Friends, I might check out episode two or three to see if it you know it's one of those shows that course corrects after the pilot but i mean on its own no i could see people having watched this on tv as kids still having a fondness for it now i totally get that Mm -hmm. if somebody our age said oh i just recently discovered sledgehammer and i love it i would slowly back away from that person i would be like i don't know Uh uh-uh something wrong with you you need to you need jesus like there's something wrong here i i don't know i i hope that nobody listening is a friend of ours who does feel that way about it because yeah it 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 wasn't yeah it was problematic at best to say the the least to have this show about you know this you know exceedingly violent cop who shoots everybody but even for that even if you step past that it's not it's not well made for what it was trying to be i there was one moment that i enjoyed in the entire episode and admittedly it is a very cliche joke that i just always love when that joke comes up which is they find this criminal that they want to question uh and he's in this trashy motel with three blonde women are giving him a massage Mm -hmm. and hammer strides in and says ladies wait in the john and the criminal the completely over-the-top Weasley criminal goes, eh, they don't speak English. And Sledge says then a line which is captioned, ladies wait in the john, which prompts the criminal to say, oh, you speak perfect Swedish. And he goes, that's the only sentence I know. <laughs> that joke, when someone says something and someone else goes, well, it's amazing you speak, for- oh, I, I just know that sentence and it's a ridiculous sentence for them to have known. I've seen that joke and other things done in different ways. It's the, it's the only thing from Family Guy that I've ever enjoyed, which... Yeah. It's another notable example of that joke. I love that joke every time it happens, even though I know it's dumb. And that's that's the best thing about this episode, is one of my favorite dumb jokes shows up. The only other thing the show did right is they cast John Vernon as the mayor, who is the dean in Animal House, most famously. I also recognized him as the villain from Ernest Goes to Camp. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. loved that movie as a kid. But also, he played the mayor in Dirty Harry, which... 
I found online was the main inspiration for this show was movies like Dirty Harry was kind of quoted as the influence. Right. So the fact that right off in the pilot, they were like, get it? We're doing a Dirty Harry thing. We have the same mayor. That was like the one thing that they kind of did right. Also, fun fact, John uh, Vernon voiced both Iron Man and Namor in their respective 60s cartoons. Well, there you go. Fun fact. I found that on the internet, and I'm like, well, I'm going to mention that in the podcast, because otherwise this is going to be really depressing. <laughs> so that's a fun fact for you, everybody. Well, if I if I do end up checking out more episodes, and it does end up course correcting, I will definitely let you and everybody else know on some future episode or possibly through an Instagram post. I almost forgot one other fun fact I found out. This is arguably fun, but the showrunner originally wrote sledgehammer as a screenplay as a film screenplay which makes sense Mm -hmm. this would have made more sense as a film than a television show but he originally wrote it when he was 16 years old doesn't that uh, explain a lot we should have led with that sarah (laughs) yeah sorry (laughs) oh yeah this premise was conceived by a 16 year old so this is the aragon of violent action movie parodies is what you're saying Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm Oh, you know what? Actually, if you end up watching more of it, uh-huh. I will be interested. The one question that I have, more than just does it get any better, is do they ever make the running gag about him talking to his gun work? Because they tried to have a running gag about him talking to his gun as if it was a person. Uh-huh. And people would always go, who are you talking to? And you go, oh, never mind. And it, the joke never landed. I, I'll be curious to find out if they ever make that joke work. Well, I will possibly brave some more episodes to get your answers, Sarah. Yeah. Thank you. As we're kind of wrapping this up, mm-hmm. this episode ended up happening because we we spoke on the phone sort of in preparation for doing episodes about both of these shows, and we both f- felt like they weren't really good fits for us b- because either we didn't want to talk about them very much, as the case with Sledgehammer, or we didn't really get a very good pilot, as was the case with the killing. The killing ended up not being a good fit for Pilot House in much the same way that I felt like The Wire wasn't a good fit in that there wasn't like an, an arc of character in that first episode. It was just like, here's a bunch of people and things and stuff. Come back next week for more stuff. Or to find out how it all comes together, I guess. Yeah. Because in The Killing, like, we're, sho- we're showing constant shots of the of the council member who's running for mayor. Yeah. And we're getting all this stuff about him having an affair with his someone on his team. And he's got some kind of secret in his past about someone who died, a wife or a child who died in his life in the past. We're getting all of this stuff simultaneously going, why the fuck is this happening? Yeah. And it's not until, I think, the last minute and a half yeah. that... He is tied to the murder. It's like almost like they forgot and went, oh shit, we gotta tie this guy. Uh, she, or the body was found in a car that's registered to his campaign. Go. Yeah. 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 He also owns the island. <laughs> Jesus. No, nope. uh, 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 I, I do not accept. <laughs> I thought you were being serious for a second and I was like, Ex- fucking excuse me. <laughs> oh, geez. That's a thing. Like, I think on Pilot House, what has arisen between the two of us is sort of this thing where we get into the recaps and we sort of talk about, you know, the characters and and the things that we really connect with. And I, I think for both of these shows, like they're just, neither of us connected with, with much. They just didn't really land with us. Yeah. I mean, for instance, even, um, 
uh, previous episode that we did about the show Rain, which we didn't really care for that much. We still connected with aspects of it. Like, it still awoke things in us that we wanted to talk about, and, like, we still had feelings about it. We still had fun talking about it. Yeah. And I think feel feelings and fun, like, <laughs> I didn't really feel a lot watching The Killing other than, like, oh, Seattle's pretty. But, like, I literally go there every week. I literally live there. Yeah. And, I mean, part of it might be the fact that it's a, a, a cop, a violent cop or whatever. But, like, I didn't have a lot of fun with Sledgehammer because I kept, like, encountering things that were artifacts of the time, but also just, like, things that didn't land very well yeah like it it's 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 a thing in comedy and even in film comedy more and more nowadays where they're showing a draft of the film to audiences and then going oh we should give a little bit longer pause there or we should we should do a shot reverse shot there so people know what they're looking at or whatever like there was a lot of stuff in sledgehammer that i was like i recognize what joke you're trying to tell it's it's like someone saying a priest walks into a bar and then something really funny happens (laughs) Oh my God, that's the that's the joke equivalent of sledgehammer. Yep, you nailed it. With a sledgehammer. Ah, waggity schmaggity do. But yeah, it, I think one of the most important things about this situation that we find ourselves in and why we're doing this unusual episode is that you and I are both the kind of people who enjoy tearing things apart. We enjoy picking things to bits and and picking apart the minutiae and talking about what worked and what didn't, regardless of whether we liked or didn't like the thing. We enjoy the act of, of tearing things apart. I have frequently been talking about a movie or a TV show I watched with a friend and been talking about it and have them go, well, I'm sorry you didn't like it. And I'm like, what? No. Oh, my God. No, I, I, I loved it. I'm sorry. Uh, I just like, that's how I show my love for things is to tear them apart. I apologize for the confusion. That's the kind of people that we are. And then that's why we're doing this podcast. And as you've seen, if you've listened to the rest of the podcast, with every episode, whether we liked the show or not, we found things to say that we enjoyed. We found things that we didn't enjoy. We talked about the minutia of, of why something worked or didn't work, whether we liked it or not, you know. We enjoy that act of tearing things apart, and that's why we're doing this podcast. But with this, yeah, with both of these shows, even though they are very, very different shows, we kind of had that same reaction of, I didn't even find anything I really wanted to talk about. I don't. I mean, we still managed to. Yeah. We're going on an hour now, and we've managed to find stuff to say about it, but. We were not stoked going in. Um, this is actually turning out better than I, 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 I feared that this would be a real downer of an episode and we wouldn't find anything fun to say about it. I hope it's not a downer for listeners. The thing, too, is that I, I don't think you or I have a lot of interest in dunking on something that we're not that into. Even the shows that we have had negative reactions to that we've, you know, we've sort of like gone after and torn into there's still things that we find fun and compelling about those shows. Yeah. Like De- Degrassi and Rain, you know, we still had full episodes about them. We still had we still had things to say and things to pick apart and things to analyze because there were still aspects. I, I can't speak for you, but, but even with Degrassi, like there were still things within that show that I connected to. I was like, yeah. oh, that moment feels genuine or that character, I see something of myself in them. And so it's kind of like a, it sort of connects a little bit. 
and then you you want to stay with it and and give it a, a thought and think about it and talk about it on a podcast with your friend Sarah Shea. <laughs> yeah, I I totally agree. It's 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 hard to exactly nail down in words what the difference is, but yeah, there's there's shows that you don't like, but you're still. I mean, yeah, I still. My little heart was really going out to Mary and on Rain and and Francis, and I'm like, I just want these two kids from history to get together, even though I know from history that they get married and then he dies. Like, it, there's no mystery there, but I was still like, oh, I kind of want these kids to get together, even though it was dumb. Like this show, these both of these shows, I was like, no, can't can't care about even a little bit of this. Yeah, honestly, that's kind of uh, it's something we always were gonna run into. With the premise of the show being us, you know, watching shows we don't know anything about, which uh, I want to use that as a nice segue to say that we would really love to get some more uh, recommendations and suggestions of shows that we should watch from listeners. If you, hello, if you are a human being who is listening to this with your ears and you are having fun with it, please come to us on the internet and suggest a show that you would like to hear us talk about, either because you really liked it or because you really hated it. Regardless, if you think it would be interesting to hear the two of us uh, have a chat about a show, uh, throw it out there and we will t- we will watch it and talk about it. I mean, we're considering kind of changing up the format a little bit in what amounts to season two of this podcast. Uh, we've talked about doing a little bit of a format change and talking about shows that either one of us has seen and the other one hasn't, or possibly shows that we've both seen a little bit here and there over the years, but maybe have never seen the pilot or something like that. Um, sorry, I'm just, I'm looking at you like, please cut in. Stop me from talking. No, I was, I was just like, no, you're, you're, you're saying all the things I want to say and this is perfect. I'm giving you the interrupt me eyes. Interrupt me eyes. <laughs> Save me from myself eyes. I totally agree. I think that watching a show we've never seen before can lead to some really exciting discussion and discovering new things. We're both really enjoying tearing into Lost Girl, uh, and there will definitely be a catch-up episode coming up for that. Yeah, that's a perfect example. We both love that show, and we were having so much fun tearing into it. But at the same time, we're both uh, media people, and we love stories, and we, uh, we both love stories that have room to breathe and, like, long-format television stories. And, like, a lot of our friendship has grown around being like, oh, have you seen this thing? Like, check this out. Oh, I love this thing. Like, this is my favorite. Like, this thing. And so we're really hoping to kind of have some of that start to happen in season two where one or the other of us can show the other something that we've loved for years and then get a fresh set of eyes on it and maybe talk about it. Yeah. I guess that's sort of a future of the podcast hopeful statement there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. We're both very hopeful people. That's why we've watched uh, 12 pilots now that we hadn't seen before. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's why we've, re- we've released a dozen episodes of a podcast that, for all we know, less than a dozen people listen to. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, which is a great segue into let's end this with some calls to action. Specifically, please come to us and suggest shows that you want us to watch. Um, yeah. Hopefully, it will, even if we watch a show in the future and we don't like it, it'll be nice to be like, well, at least somebody, somebody wants to hear us talk about this. As opposed to both of these shows where I'm like, I don't know that anyone will enjoy listening to us talk about this crap. But 
Yeah. Yeah. Please come to us and suggest shows, even if you think one or the other of us have seen it, because like I said, it could work for our future format if we end up going that direction. So please come recommend shows to us on Twitter or Instagram at Pilot House Pod. You can also find us on Facebook at Pilot House Pod. You can find us on pilothousepodcast.com and email us at pilothousepodcast at gmail.com. And if you've listened to the show and enjoyed it, you can either show your appreciation with monetary funds via buymeacoffee.com slash pilothouse, where you can buy us a coffee, which is a cute way of saying donate a few dollars to the show. It's just a cute premise. I know in the last episode, strangely, didn't actually know what the hell the site was all about that I set up. <laughs> it's just, it's a digital chip tip jar with a cute premise right, that you're buying right. someone a coffee. Right. If you do not wish to donate uh, via dollars or you do not have dollars to donate, you can also just let us know that you like the show. Go rate and review the show on iTunes. Not only does that help us find new listeners, it's just nice because as much as we enjoy doing this podcast, it is a lot of work. It is a surprising amount of work to record, prepare for, record, edit, and release these shows. So it's nice to know that, that people out there are actually enjoying it. So if you want to write us a little review on iTunes or post something on our Facebook or tweet at us, honestly, any feedback from the audience is really, we really appreciate it. Uh, just a huge amount. So go ahead and uh, smash that subscribe button too. So that, <laughs> yeah. uh, You'll automatically fill up your phone with all of our content. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're on pretty much every podcatcher uh, that we could get on. So yeah. if you're listening to this on the website or whatever, and you have a preferred podcatcher, go subscribe to us there. Uh, and also subscribe to us on iTunes, even if you don't use iTunes, because I believe that actually helps they show us to more people who are looking for podcasts if we have more subscribers. So please go subscribe on there, even if you don't use it. Yeah. Well, I think that is all the things we need to say this week. That about wraps it up. We talked about two shows in record time yeah. for talking about one show. So good job. All right. Good job, us. Bye! Bye. <laughs> so weird doing that on Skype.